Welcome to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is our first day of looking through this great chapter of the scripture. It's a chapter that's all about gifts. If you think about gifts in your life, presents that you're given, if you're given this beautiful present that's wrapped perfectly, you love the way the bow looks or you like the package and the way it looks or it looks just right for you, would you take that kind of a gift, as pretty as it might look or as awesome as it might look when you looked at the package, would you take that gift and just sit it on a shelf somewhere? and not let it be opened? No, you would not just admire an unopened gift all year long after your birthday or after Christmas or something. As beautiful as a present might be, no one leaves it unwrapped. No one leaves it wrapped, they always unwrap it because gifts are not for decoration. Gifts are for opening. Well, we're gonna talk about spiritual gifts these next couple of days together. 1 Corinthians 12 talks to us about God-given gifts, spiritual gifts. The word for gift, by the way, in the Greek is the word charis, which is the same as the word for grace. These are grace gifts. These are gifts that are freely given to us by God. But what do we do with them? You can hear in this week's study one of two ways to act. One is to take a look at the gifts and appreciate them, but that would be like taking a present and just leaving it on the shelf wrapped. But instead, what we're supposed to do take this gift and figure out how can I open it? How can I use it? How can God's glory be seen through me and through his church through this gift? As we walk through this week of looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I don't want to just look at how beautiful the gifts are or just what the descriptions of the gifts might be. I want us to look at how to open these gifts, how to experience in our lives what is inside. Maybe you've never thought of that. Maybe you've been looking at this for years. Wherever you are in that journey, this is a chapter for you. How did these gifts make their way into my life, into the life of his church? Now, as you look at 1 Corinthians 12, it's actually divided into two distinct sections. Uh, Verses 1 to 11 are about gifts for the body, and verses 12 to 31 are about a body for the gifts. First, he talks about the gifts that are given to the body, but then he says these gifts are given so that they work within a body. There is a body for these gifts. And we're going to begin with verses 1 to 11 looking at gifts for the body, and specifically, we're going to be looking at what these verses have to tell us about how to open these gifts. And it begins in chapter 12, verse 1. That verse says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. There's our first clue. There's our first teaching about how to bring these gifts into our lives as individuals and into the life of the church. First of all, you can't be ignorant. In order to use these gifts, to begin with, you have to educate yourself. Now, don't look so offended when I use the word ignorant. The truth is, we're all ignorant when it comes to spiritual gifts. We're not born with a knowledge of spiritual gifts like we're born maybe with a knowledge of physical gifts. They're all in use around us. The knowledge of these gifts is not automatic. It must be educated, and that education, because they're spiritual gifts, have to come through His Spirit. In Peter Wagner's book on spiritual gifts, he talks about three important steps in this education project, information, experimentation, and evaluation. Information is you explore the possibilities, you find out what the gifts are, you know what's available, and God has kindly provided for us an entire list of possibilities, a list much of which is in this very chapter we're going to look at, information, and then experimentation, you try it out. You find out, is this my gift? Let me ask you, do you know whether or not you have a gift for skydiving? Now, you may not want to know whether you have that gift, but do you know? The only way you would know is if you actually jumped out of a plane with that parachute on. You'd have to try it out. You'd never know, really, unless you try. 
Now, skydiving can be something you choose to do or not to do. We've got options with that. But when it comes to God's gifts, he says, this is not optional. I want you to try these out because these gifts are going to make a difference in the world. You experiment. And one of the great ways to experiment is by looking for needs that you see that you feel like you could meet, needs in the body of Christ, needs in people's lives. That's a great place to start out. Information, experimentation, and then evaluation. You begin to evaluate, is God using this? And one of the evaluations is you have this eureka feeling, this feeling of, aha, this is what I would rather do for God than anything else in the world. That's an indication of giftedness. Or it may not come through you. You may not have a lot of feeling about the use of that gift, but there's a response from others. And the response from others is something like, it blesses me when you use that gift, when you do that thing. God brings results. God brings fruit. God brings an impact in this world through your use of that gift. That's how we evaluate. So information, experimentation, evaluation, that's where it starts to educate yourself. That's in verse 1, but then under verse 2, there's a second thing that we have to do. You not only have to educate yourself, number two, you have to realize your desperate need for God's Spirit. Listen to these verses, verses 2 to 6. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God who works in all of them. You have to realize your need for God's Spirit in order to enjoy and to use spiritual gifts. These are spiritual gifts, so they require God's Spirit. Paul begins talking about this in verse 3. He says you can't curse God with the Spirit. You can't praise God apart from the Spirit. We need Him. He talks about it in verse 2. Before you had the Spirit in your life, you were led astray. But now with the Spirit, you're led to use these gifts. And the work of God's Spirit, well, here we're told that the work of God's Spirit is to say that Jesus is Lord. That's the work of the gifts, by the way. Through His body, we show the world that Jesus is Lord. The Spirit's work is to declare that Jesus is Lord in our lives and then through our lives, through his church. And gifts, the gifts that he gives, they are means for declaring the lordship of Christ through the church into the world. If a so-called gift is a self-declaring gift or is a gift that somehow says something against Christ, it's not a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts show the lordship of Christ. So you gotta realize your need for God's spirit. You gotta educate yourself But it's not just a matter of education. It's also a matter of connection with God's Spirit. And then there's a third thing that Paul talks about in these, indicates in these first verses about how these spiritual gifts work. Third thing you have to realize is you have to realize your need for variety, our need for variety within unity, diversity and unity. Notice in these verses the comparison, the variety and the unity. There are varieties of gifts, he says, but we've got the same abilities from God. There are varieties of ministry, varieties of areas of service. There are varieties of of effects, he says. So these varieties of gifts and ministries and effects, these are the different things that we do to glorify God. But under that, he says in verses four to six, but there is the same Spirit, there is the same Lord, there is the same God. So there you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the same Trinity. You realize that in the unity of the Trinity, we are united, but in the creativity of Creator God, we are given these different gifts And we have diversity within unity. We have variety within unity. That's how God works. God created this world with both diversity 
and unity, variety and unity. He created a world in which one part depends on the other throughout all of nature, but what variety he created in that world. We live in this world of, of elephants and mosquitoes, of cherries and pineapples, of, of summer and winter, all this variety, but somehow it's all unified in the way that God has made it to work. God is certainly not boring. That's the variety of how he works. He uses variety to add depth, to add wisdom, to add scope to his creation. And he also does it with his church, with his people. He's created a variety of people and he's given a variety of gifts, a variety of ministries, a variety of effects, of, of impact that comes out of those ministries. So the challenge in my life, in your life, is to live out this variety within unity to realize that God is not seeking to rubber stamp you with some Christian mold. He's got a special purpose, custom designed for you, that fits with his body. That means that God needs us all, and that means that God needs you. When you refuse to allow him to use you, you think, hey, he's got it covered, or I got hurt once, I'm not gonna get involved in that again, or they don't really need me, I don't have that much to offer. When you refuse to allow him to use you, there's something missing in the body that no one else can replace. Now, the body might adjust and move on. It's not limited to you, but it can be limited by you in some way because God has given the gift that he's put into your life, as noticeable it might be to you or as unnoticeable, to make a difference that no one else can make in the body. As we pray today, I want to focus our hearts and minds on the coronavirus crisis that we're going through not just in our nation, but all around the world. Right now, as you think about the gifts and abilities that God has given to you, I wanna pray that God will use those during this time of crisis to minister to your family, to your neighborhood, even to our world. Our Father, we come to you right now, and in this time of crisis, we realize that you've put the church into the world to be a servant, to love people who are hurting, to pray for people who have needs, to care for people, so God, I pray that the unique gifts that you've given to each of us, that you'd help us to see how those can be used in this moment. Gifts of intercession and praying for people. Gifts of reaching out with help to people who need practical help. Gifts of telling people the truth who might feel hopeless right now. God, you have given us these gifts for these times. So I pray in this time that we're facing, that God, you would help us to see how you wanna use the gifts that you have given us to make a difference in this world. And we pray this together in Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to look together at the power of unselfishness in the use of your gifts. 